Ladies and gentlemen, post-World Cup, you found two people who don't know anything about it, quite possibly don't care. John Browner, <laughs> Jason Lawhead, the Mightier 1090 ESPN. I am playing sick, and Jason is is got jet lag from doing 50 shows and five nights mm. <laughs> in Las Vegas, the motherland of lights like and debauchery. Oh, my God. Uh, on the show today, we're going to finally get to USC making the top four. The Lakers smoked the big lead last night. We'll, we'll, we'll find a way to get into that. And if you hire a coach without any experience, would you be shocked if he didn't call timeout for the last two minutes of the game? I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, we'll break down to Jeff Saturday. I don't, I don't even know if we want to call it clock management because he wasn't managing anything. He was just standing there. Uh, but first, I want to introduce my dog, Jason Law here. What up, Jason? What up, man? I uh, said to hear you're not feeling uh, feeling too good. Is it a head? Is it a chest? Is it a what is it? What do you got? It's a everything. It's a everything. You're like an everything bagel of sick, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what's happening to me, man. I really yeah. don't know. It's that time of year, too, a little bit, where it's easy to get, like, kind of just pulled down, dragged down, mm-hmm. sick. I mean, I'm like I said before the show, I was, I'm just, like, jet lag, tired, over, overperformed, uh, not enough sleep. Yeah, in Vegas, where every machine makes noise, even the ATM, even the ATM, ding, 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 ding. You know, like, I'm over here. Uh, so, yeah, I mean... Uh, I get it, but we'll get through this. We'll get through our yeah. – we'll get through it. Uh, I want to start the show by – and I, I don't know if this is attacking women, but – which is never the right thing to say. We just want to start something. So we all know the trials and tribulations of Deshaun Watson and what he's been accused of doing, and he's paid the women off. He's now been reinstated and now going to play his first game for the Cleveland Browns against the Houston Texans, his former team. Now, keep in mind, Deshaun Watson hasn't played in over a year, but that's not the point here. The point here is this thing. There is now a report that some of the accusers are going to attend the game. I got to tell you, your 15 minutes are up, ladies. Did the check clear? Because if it did, congrats. Like, as a survivor of sexual assault, allegedly, of course, I would think that they would have more productive ways to help women who are going through or will go through what they say that they went through. Showing up at your accuser's event does what? Like, why would you show up to the football game to do you gonna boo him? Yeah. Like what 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 are you what is you, what are you trying to accomplish for women by going to the game? I I I I I don't know if this is something put on by the lawyers. I don't know if this is something that the women wanted to do, but this ain't a good look, man. It really not. 
No, it's probably something, obviously, the lawyer, I mean, an attorney, this is definitely an attorney's, you know, MO type of a thing. Bugs, and, Bugsby, and, I think yeah, Bugsby. Tony Busby. And, you know, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't, uh, you know, obviously, he has a he's already had a relationship with a former owner for a long time who passed right. away. And so I'm sure that he has a lot of relationships in the inner workings of the Houston Texans. And when you're one, 101, or whatever their record is, uh, and your former quarterback with all of those headlines are coming back to town you have to do something you have to you have to make this somewhat entertaining uh your team isn't uh you're not going anywhere i mean this is your in in certain respects your super bowl your biggest uh, day of the year is look at us the games in houston watson's coming back we're terrible but there's a side story and you know what i find interesting is and, and you know whether they're it's 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 all true not true well if it's not true then then there's certain ramifications but whatever the percentage of the accusation busby says in a comment which i find interesting some of the women really want to attend a game to kind of make the statement hey we're still here we matter our voice was heard and this is not something that's over blah, blah, blah. sexual harassment and assault happens every day in the united then take him then wait it out and do it in court because if you want your voices heard if you matter if you think that this is something that you don't want to happen to other women then grind it out that's bad that's bad yeah <laughs> but what i'm saying is stay the course um, take him to co wait till the courtroom sit there bring him face him there like you said what are you gonna do boo him oh yeah like he's gonna care like what what that's gonna have no effect on whatsoever of anything other than the outside noise the outside static so what i what my so my problem with it all is not that whatever that the statement where it lies in the reason why well that to me is all of those words should be flushed out in court. There's the bravery. Take him to court. Sit down in a court of law. Look at the at the judge and the jury and tell your story and force him to tell his. But guess what? You settled. The, so one, one of the things about uh, sexual assault in this country is women get to um, be anonymous. They don't have to put their face out. Right, there. which they've also declined comment. So he's the only guy making their statement. They've all declined comment. But anyway, go so, ahead. So that's my point. Right, right, right. So, but no, that's a good point. Because if they're all declining the comment, what the hell are they going to the game for? Yeah. If you want the fastest way to be identified is to show up to this game as a woman who was sexually assaulted by Deshaun Watson. Because it's enough of y'all to have a whole section. Well, they're probably going to put them in a suite. I would imagine, you know, the the um, Houston Texans are going to act like they love that. They, they are so affected by this. And they're going to play this whole, you know, violin game of, you know, we love, we care about you so much. <laughs> you know, and they're going to play it up because they got no other angle. And if, you know, so I would imagine that they'll be protected into a suite, some area. Um, they're in Houston. It's a home, you know, field. So it's everybody's against Watson. I mean, even if these, even if people knew that these women were lying, there'd still be Houston Texans fans on their side because they're just so, you know, disenfranchised and they hate Watson so much. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, 
you might the way the Texans are, you might want to look into somebody's women and say, hey, can you dress instead of just being up there in this week? And can one of you play free safety and get him back that way? Because we stink. Can you sack him? <laughs> can you sack him? Hey, yeah, exactly. This time really What's take your him pass down. rush like. Yeah, exactly. You know, let's go before you before you we put you in a suite. Let's let's clock your forty time real quick. Let's put some, let's put some pads on you. What's that? Yeah. Why don't you run through these tires real quick? Let's see what you got there, and then maybe we'll uh, we'll let you come. Because I don't game. really because because we find ourselves in a situation where all these women had these complaints about him. All these women were heard. They had to unfortunately go through a situation at that level, and now you want to relive it by going to the game. I just, to me, right. this just this just reeks of my ten minutes of five minutes, fifteen minutes of fame, whatever the whatever the number is at this point. That's but but that use your situation because again, I'm not saying that the women were not assaulted. Use your situation to help women in, in the future. Use your situation to help young girls down the line not to get into situations like you had found yourself right. in. But if you think that you showing up to this game somehow means that you're not invisible, like you are very visible. Like this is all people talked about with him for a year. Y'all are very visible. This idea that they're not visible or they're not heard flies in the face of everything that has happened to Deshaun Watson since this has happened and with everything that's happened with the NFL and everything that's happened with these women. Yeah. And like you said, you know, um, you know, if this really means a lot to you, yeah, take a measure of responsibility in the sense that and I don't mean that as it was your fault if these allegations are true. What I mean is if you're going to settle in court, if you're going to take the check and then you're not going to comment or you're not going to reveal your identity, then take the measure of responsibility like you just said and go make some changes and go talk to some youth, go talk to some high school, go and and and, and let them know that these circumstances are out there. And there's a sliver of of a measure of responsibility on you as a person to not put yourself in these situations or to try to exit them as soon as you see something going sideways. So, yes, instead of attending a game in an anonymity, ooh, I got that out, (laughs) anonymity, um, go out there, be anonymous with private groups of youth or boys and girls or wherever you can go to help the next generation of girls that look like you, that are like you, that could be in these situations. Um, and, you know, hopefully maybe, you know, they're doing that. I don't think an attorney is going to push them in that direction. He's going to push them more into this direction so he can have an article and, and he can have all these types of things and, and you know, keep his name in the press as all of this kind of dissolves. Because right. um, after Sunday, really, you know, as long as Deshaun Watson, you know, doesn't do anything that brings more accusers or whatever, after Sunday, there'll be a lot of news about how he performs, what the final score is, what happened during the game, if any, you know, Texans guys took cheap shots on him or or whatever. And that's all going to be kind of flushed out for a few days after Sunday. And then the world will move on. Um, and as long as Deshaun Watson, you know, is Deshaun Watson, it'll be forgotten. You know, the story will at least be erased quickly enough. And so this is kind of, like you said, the last kind of, you know, pitch it at some 15 minutes for the attorney and all of his. And, and this is something I think the Houston Texans are inviting because like I said, I mean, when you got one win, um, something's got to, you know, something's got to be on your side of the story because Watson's right. playing for the Browns now. Right. So, um, you know, anyway, 
you know, decline to comment. Watson's going to decline to comment. There really, really isn't much any there, anything there except like a, a a small staring contest that nobody's going to pay attention to after like the first second of staring, and then they're just going to watch the football game. I got to tell you, in addition to that, another person who their their fifteen minutes of fame are up in a sense of this was fun. It's just Saturday. Whew. <laughs> The idea of you can be a head coach because you just got off the couch. That you can't unring the bell of what he did on Monday. If I'm in the locker room, I'm looking around going, okay, what are we doing? What what are we Matt Ryan is an experienced quarterback. Choked in the Super Bowl, but nevertheless got there. He's an experienced quarterback. The fact that Jeff Saturday, when asked why he didn't take a timeout, Basically said, uh, the moment didn't present itself. Actually, it did. Many a times. Because I don't know, maybe fourth and three was a good time to take a timeout. Maybe. Maybe. So I don't. I, I watched this game. I watched the fourth quarter of this game. I didn't see much of it. I, I only watched the fourth quarter. And as I was watching, I was saying to myself, these teams aren't good. Mm-mm. These teams are really bad. And I dubbed it the Rooney Bowl. Yeah, as a, the Rooney Rule Bowl, because this guy didn't deserve the job, and the guy on the other side is one of the few black coaches that are at, is actually kicking ass in the NFL. So I found I thought it was great that Brian Flores and 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 the Steelers were able to get that dub last night, along with Mike I mean, Tomlin, of course. Who's the you know coach. Mike Tomlin? Say what you want about the guy, right? I mean, he's got the Steelers at four and seven. When you look at a lot of records in the NFL from teams with a lot more talent than they have, you know, especially experience at the quarterback, the Colts being one of them, <laughs> the Colts right. being one of those teams with a Matt Ryan at the quarterback and some of the other talent they have in some skilled positions. When you look at teams like the Buccaneers at five and six, when you look at some other teams like the Ram- the Rams and the way other teams have gone south with a lot more talent, a lot more experience in places, you know, I think the Steelers thought they'd get a lot more from Najee Harris this year Mm -hmm. you know he's still a he's a gamer he's a battler I'm not bad but you know his numbers aren't you know the kind of numbers that they thought I think he was going to kind of push through and and help whatever quarterback whether it was going to be Trubisky or Pickett um you know they're in a tough division that that AFC North is still tough as as nails and and with Watson coming back uh the Browns are a are another team at four and seven that's maybe better than that but Pittsburgh isn't better than four and seven I mean, no. when you look at them uh, as a body, they are all of four and seven. I mean, they they've 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 done everything they've had to do to get to four and seven. So give Tomlin some credit when you look at his uh, career numbers. And yeah, that was kind of a shining example of, um, you know, uh, where that that Rooney Rooney Bowl. It, 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 that's a that's a great description because you really saw a coach coach a team up to a win. Mm-hmm. And a, and another coach kind of being out of his element and kind of maybe probably given a, a, a at least a chance to win that game. Um, and you're at home. Like you said, you've got the more experienced football team, the more experienced quarterback. And you take what did he take two timeouts to the locker room with him? He took two. To- he, he took. You never take timeouts. I mean, the only time you don't call timeouts is in a first half big lead. I mean, I don't care even if you – you call timeouts. That's why you have them. Like, even if you're blowing a team out, usually in the second half, 
you're going to burn at least two of them somehow, somewhere, and in some type of play to organize yourself or all three. I mean, so I, it was you rarely, he, yeah, he you rarely see them. a coach, even when in a, in a double-digit win, walk in the locker room with two or three timeouts. And it's a um, pocket. Yeah, you don't take those home with you. You know, maybe in the first half, like I said, in a big lead or, you know, if you got one left and you're just trying to run the clock out because you're you're happy being down six at the half and you might be getting the ball back, whatever, you, then you don't burn one. or, But never in the second half. I mean, that's the whole point of those timeouts is to, to have crucial discussions with either your defensive unit on a big third down or whatever it is or, or you know, uh, your offensive unit on what you said, like converting a fourth or a third and long in, in, a, in a situation, or trying to stop the clock, saving all three until, you know, last team who gets the ball wins. So I always thought this was a terrible hire. It now looks like a terrible hire. He doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. He literally just – he – what they hired him to do, apparently, is just be a rah-rah guy. Yeah. Because this is – but this is what a doofus owner does. And this gets me back to the, my, my problem, my wholesale problem with a lot of the NFL owners. They're not smart. They just have good timing. Jeff Ursay is not a smart man. He's not football smart. Now, whatever it is that got him all his money, he might be great at that. I think, it was, football I think it was the Ursay before him. <laughs> Which, again, it could be. Money. It could be. But when I watch some of the decisions that they make, so he basically fired Frank Reich after making him play a quarterback who wasn't better than Matt Ryan to then lose two games, fire him, and then hire your friend who then tells you we need to play Matt Ryan. Like, what? So the, the entire fiasco that has gone on there is I hope they never win another and, game this year. And you know what's going to be funny? Here's what's going to happen, because now it's gone sideways, right? They won, and then they lost two in a row, and then they'll probably, you know, the the ironic thing about the whole thing is is that Jeff Saturday is probably going to be the first one to regret this. He, yeah. he might be the only one to regret it. Ursay's going to stick out his chest, and he's going to play this, this was the right decision, I don't care. Unconventional is what and, the and, team needed. Yep, and by... <clears throat> And by a couple of weeks before Christmas, Jeff Saturday is going to say to himself, I could be on TV, Christmas shopping with my family, going to that Christmas party we always go to. Instead, I'm, I'm spending 16, 17, 18 hour days in, in, in a, you know, practice facility, coaching office, travel. And, and I don't, I don't like this. I don't know what I'm doing. This sucks. <laughs> I think guys who had the career that Jeff Saturday had, Coaching always sounds like a good idea till you do it. Right. Till you do it. Because Unless you can't a, wait to get to it. And if he couldn't have waited to get yeah, to it, he yes. would have been doing it already. He would have been an right. assistant. He would have been on the stand. Some guys can't wait to do it, and God bless them. But they're already in it. They're not going to TV first and, you know, kicking the dirt around to see, you know, what they want to do in life. Like, that is a lifelong commitment. It is literally like becoming a – priest or you know a, a surgeon like you know that that's your calling you're marrying the lifestyle yeah you're 100 marrying that lifestyle you're all of it and from a person who as jeff saturday lived it sat next to it spent 15 12 15 years doing it you would think if he wanted to be a coach 
that would have that bug would have already been on him. Absolutely. So I I, I think this is just because I don't think he's going to coach next year. No, I literally think he sat around and Jim Irsay brought this idea up and he said, huh? Can't hurt. Irsay probably had one discussion with him was just whatever happens, run it through the year, not to make me look like an idiot, not to make us look like idiots. And if you don't want this at the end of the season and, and you know, at some point Saturday is probably going to have that talk with him if he hasn't already. And it just says, Hey, look, man, I'll try to steer this thing as best uh-huh. I can. You make all the comments you need to make to the press to feel good about this. We'll do whatever we can, and then you got to go get somebody. If you want me to help you look for a, a coach, great, but I'm not. Uh, this is, I mean, come on. Come on, guy. Come on, guy. So, yeah, man, last night was a very interesting, by interesting, I mean, terrible game. Ugh. So I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if many people watch that thing. Oh, my God. Fuck. Three and seven beat four, six and one last night. Ugh. Monday night football. Monday night football. So we've still got a ton more to go through. The Lakers blew a big lead to a team Ooh. that they were supposed to be trading for all their parts. I know. Can USC hang on? We've got a couple of other things to juggle. Brown and Lawhead on the Mighty Air 290 ESPN when we come back. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to the show. John Browner, Jason Lawhead here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN, also known as Browner and Lawhead. If you missed anything on the first half of the show and you came back or you just got in your car, you can always head over to the iTunes podcast store or over to YouTube, the clips page until Thursday to find what you missed. Like, share, and subscribe that thing. John Browner here with comedian extraordinaire, Vegas representative, can you get citizenship in Vegas at this point, Jason? <laughs> yeah, man. I I, I spend a uh, couple times a year there, seven days. So I, I'm usually there for at least 14 days a year. That's a long time to be in Vegas if you don't live there. 14 days Ooh. is a long time to be anywhere if you don't. I tell people all the time because I'm not a big vacation guy. Everybody who says, "Oh man, we should go on vacation," or you should go. On, I I tell them I live where people go to vacation. Right. Like there are four bomb beaches here. If right. you can't go to one of these beaches because another beach interests you, then I'm good. Because if you go into anywhere, if you live in San Diego, you go anywhere for the beach, you played yourself. Yeah. Well, that's why what like when when my wife and I decided what when we were planning our honeymoon, you know, um neither of us, you know, people were like, Where are you guys going? And we were like, Italy. And they were like, Oh, really? You're not gonna go to like uh, you know, Aruba or bali or something like i live at a beach i live where people go no i want to go see you know rome and tuscany and so i love the vacation and we love to travel when it's like but we like to travel when it's like we throw it all in we're not we're not go to vegas for the weekend and blow money we'd rather save that money and apply it to a road trip to like the you know yellowstone and the dakotas or go to like we just went to spain um you know, so we're not like we are definitely not like Vegas or just, you know, go somewhere for the week. Like we're going on a road trip in the south in April and we're going to hit Nashville for a day. Enjoy it. Spend a night at the hotel, drive to Memphis, see other. But we're not like a let's go to Nashville and tear it up for the weekend and blow what blow a couple grand for a three nights in Nashville or Vegas or Austin. No, we'll put that inside of a trip for a day 
where we get a lot more out of it or something. But I'll tell you one place I'd never go uh, on vacation, even if you gave me Qatar. <laughs> Qatar. I don't care if we beat uh, we beat Iran one to nothing. I'm not going to Qatar. There, dude. There are some of these places that are being developed where it's mostly driven by oil money and Islamic regimes, bro. You can't get me there for no reason. No. Don't care what it. Don't care about mm -mm. the amount of money because you won't live to spend it. Nope. I wouldn't go like, to Qatar if I was like special force. If I was Liam Neeson and I had a, a special set of skills, I can't. And somebody and, so, and they wanted me to extract someone from Qatar. I wouldn't even go. I'd be like, Nah, sorry, it's Qatar. I'm good. Find another guy. <laughs> I'm good. Find another guy. Uh, I, so. Yeah, man, I'm not a big vacation guy, so it's always funny when I hear people start talking about vacations and start talking about beaches. And well, I'm like, going to disagree with you. I love vacations. <laughs> I, love it. I live in Southern California, and it, it cost me to live near the water. That's true. So I damn sure go get my money's worth. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely not going to fly somewhere where it's going to cost me more money while I'm still paying to live here to go to the water over there when I got water over here. So that's my soapbox when it comes to vacationing near the beach. But we are looking at Something that is I can't remember a turnaround like the turnaround that we've we've seen happen at USC in less than a year. When when USC hired this new coach, there was a, a it was a there was a lot of back and forth about is he actually good? Right. Is 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 this sure. for real? This is a guy brought, that's benefited off, of, benefited off of weak defenses in the Big 12. A lot of teams right. would say, look at the, you know, of course, that was a big hit. With all offense driven. Sure. They can't stop anybody, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And I kept saying to myself, I, I think Lincoln Riley's the guy. He is. I think he is. And with it, sometimes when you put a, a, a certain guy – with a certain place, it just works. And I think this just works, man, because the way that he was able to bring Caleb Williams in and Caleb Williams kind of righted the ship, so to speak, because after that Utah game, everybody was like, oh, okay, see, it, it, it'll be a good season, but it's his first year. There's no way that they can defy these expectations. They can defy these lofty expectations. And now you sit here with one game left to go against the team that beat you sitting in a catbird seat as to I'm four. The people behind me can't jump me because they got two losses and I'm about to beat the team that beat me. So therefore I really feel like I'm on to something. If this team gets USC, if he gets, if Lincoln Riley, and I think he will gets USC back in the national title picture, like the Matt Leinart, Reggie Bush, Lindell white days, whether they move to the Big Ten or not, Southern California, from a college perspective, will catch fire again. Oh, no doubt. And they're going to be moving into the Big Ten humming. You right. know, I, I think they beat Utah in this game, and I think they I hold too. that position. Now, the question is whether, I mean, if they beat George, good God, you're talking about an upset turnaround of the Ooh. century. Um, everybody's got Georgia just, they've already just punched that 
national title. It's just like we're waiting the month until it's over or whatever there's left until the national title game, right? That's what everybody's doing. I think Michigan jumped on a lot of people's radars a lot better mm -hmm. than they thought they were because they didn't beat anybody in the non-conference. And the Big Ten wasn't as strong, uh, especially on the other side where Wisconsin usually or Iowa carries the Big Ten West, and they just didn't have right. good seasons this year. So uh, it's going to be Purdue, I mean, in the Big Ten title game with Michigan. But, I, you know, that's not Michigan's fault at this point. They did what they had to do, and that was – exclamation point exclamation point exclamation point win over ohio state and really knocked ohio state out of any chance to creep back in if usc were to lose if tcu were to lose i think i think ohio state's loss at home was so monumental that it kind of turned the voters to say look if they if they lose a hard-fought game if it comes down to the wire maybe we've got ohio state over here ready to creep back in because if they're only losses to this kind of a michigan team then it's a good one but now it's USC controlling their fate. If Lincoln Riley can beat or even play Georgia really tough, if if the end of that game is, wow, man, USC almost had that game, and then Georgia goes on to win the national title, they're going to be coming in flexing hard, that program. And now they're going to be in the Big Ten West if they decide to do that. They may go and join it up into one big conference again, like the Big 12, right. and just take the top two teams. But if they separate, keep them separate to keep Michigan and Ohio State on one side, and they come into that West. Now look at that picture. Now look at the West with a UCLA program rising to the top. If Chip Kelly can can maintain Lincoln Riley doing it. now, all of a sudden, no matter how good Ohio State or Michigan is, when they go into that game, they're not going to have a Wisconsin or an Iowa or a Minnesota waiting for them. They're going to probably have USC or maybe a UCLA team. So it makes everything um, huge at this point. They've got to win this game, though, because if they don't, then it's all for naught. That season of turnaround doesn't mean that they won't get better. It's just right. going to be disheartening to be not in the final four when it's right here in your hands. Saturday, they can win it. I think that it is interesting that people think that Georgia's going to roll all over them. That Georgia quarterback is not very good. And they've struggled Stetson the last two Bennett, games. Stetson Bennett, I think that's his name. Mm -hmm. The kid's not an NFL quarterback. He knows he's not an NFL quarterback. So that's why he's riding this thing out as long as he possibly can. If you put Caleb Williams putting pressure on that Georgia offense to score, if USC can put up 28 to 30 points, I think they got a chance to beat them. Because, yes, yes, Georgia can score. But can they score when the pressure is on them? And I don't know if Stetson, Benson, Stetson, whatever his name is, I don't know if he can I, do yeah, it, man. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. If you can do well, it. yeah, you know, I mean, they're going to have to force him to put up the big numbers, right? When you look at the last couple of games, they struggled. They beat Kentucky 16 to six. They did not have a good offensive performance. Bennett only right. threw for 116 yards. Georgia Tech, the final score looks like it was easy, but it was a tougher game than that. They Georgia Tech played them really good for a half and into the third quarter. The final ended up being 37-14 because Georgia Tech was taking their gambles and then, you know, having to get behind and, and, and play a little bit of football that they didn't want to have to play. But shit, Georgia Tech was, you know, five and six or four and six going into that game. So Not good. No, so they've struggled the last two weeks. Um, they've got, you know, LSU – 
who is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde on Saturday for the uh, SEC title game. So as bad as I say, LSU has looked against a few opponents, they've looked great against a few other ones. So they've still got their work cut out for them at least to, you know, go in. They've got to, they've got to beat LSU, I would say, pretty soundly, at least as, as much as they beat Tennessee by about three or four weeks ago, to feel good about where they're at going in. God forbid they lose to Tennessee, or I'm sorry, they lose to LSU, LSU and then they're still going to be, a, then they're going to slip in the Ooh. standings. Then you're going to have Michigan at number one, and probably uh, you, uh, 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 TCU. you know, uh, you, you, yeah, TCU two, or depending on how the style points uh, USC wins, they could launch up to number two if if Georgia were to lose this game. Uh, Georgia will stay still stay in the top four with a loss to LSU, but it won't be the number one seed. So a lot, lot of interesting stuff. It's a lot of back and forth, but I I don't know if, if Georgia drops to LSU if they stay in the top four. Yeah, they do. If, I do. I okay. believe they do. I think LSU okay. has enough good wins. They won that side of the conference. They're, the voters will say – LSU beat Alabama to take that side of the conference. They were Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde all year. They beat some good teams, even though they lost some games they probably shouldn't have. They're not, but Georgia will slip to four um, before they put in a two-loss Tennessee, a two-loss Alabama. You know, the only the only way I would see Georgia falling out is if LSU just rang their bells so hard that people went, "Wait a minute, maybe Ohio State right. is better, maybe or maybe." Uh, you know, whoever is better, you know, in that one loss group. But I just think getting to the conference title game unscathed, number one all year, is going to survive them if they lose. At least they'll get them to four in in the standings. But they might have to play Michigan at four instead of USC, at who would be the four if they were the one. So uh, that's the biggest change, I think, what, what would happen. I'm just happy to have USC back in the picture, man, because I started watching college football because of Reggie Bush. Mm -hmm. Like, literally, I started following USC football because of Reggie Bush. And so it's good to see them back on top. It's good to see them really being able to just just get back to where I kind of felt like I remembered seeing them. So, And just getting back to Lincoln Riley before we close on that topic. Yeah, I mean, you talk about a guy that's for real. He does that to that program. I mean, he does like a Pete Carroll 2.0 turnaround mm-hmm. to that program and then you go look at oklahoma a year later after he leaves they're six and six they're three games below 500 in that in that conference i mean they look like a team they look like they're five years into a problem right that's yeah. how quickly it turned around they look like that they were they look like texas did for a long time mm-hmm. uh already in one year they look like they've had a five-year just where are we at type of uh scenario so that just shows you how good of a coach this guy is. And uh, he's going to make it tougher on other Big Ten coaches to recruit because L.A. is going to be in the Big Ten. He's a flashy name. Um, you know, so he's going to he's gonna change the infrastructure of the Big Ten quickly, if he hasn't already, in the sense of how are we going to recruit now before these guys join? So last night, <laughs> the Lakers were up by 17 points okay at home to the indian the indiana pacers and you may know as a southern california sports fan a laker fan or an nba fan you may know a lot about the pacers roster mostly because the lakers are supposed to trade for most of those dudes mm-hmm. it didn't happen and last night i don't i guess when you get a big lead against a team like the pacers you kind of go okay this was over we're good let's let's keep it moving 
Not so fast. So the Patriots storm back and basically win the game on a last-second shot with eight seconds left. What did you think was the biggest issue here with the Lakers dropping this game? Well, I've said this, and I it's even when Davis is healthy, when James is healthy, when they're all healthy, they just can't find a closing lineup. And they haven't since Westbrook has come around. I'm not saying it's Westbrook's fault. What I'm saying is the way they constructed this roster from the time they won it in 2020, they constructed it not to have a closing lineup. It doesn't matter who they start and how good that looks. I've said this. Oh, sometimes they'll put Reeves in a starting line. Now, last night, what was their starting lineup last night? Brown, Schrader, Lonnie Walker Jr., right, Uh, along with the big two. Westbrook comes off the bench, has a big game, 24. But where's their clo- who's their closing lineup? What's their best closing lineup? Because you have to be able to defend and, and have good possessions down the stretch. I don't care how big your lead is, 17 points, 19 points in the NBA. That, er- that is erased quickly uh, with the three-point shot and the ability to get some stops if the other team has a good closing lineup. So you have to have a balance. You have to have a balance of really good defenders that can play team defense, okay? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of really good defenders in the NBA. That's how they got there. They're athletic. They're strong. They're, they're they have the ability to to play above the rim. They have the but do they play good team defense? Is is there a concept when we're down the stretch here, guys? At the ten minute mark, here's our rotations. Here's who played this many minutes. Here's how many. Here's who's going to close. And I just think the biggest issue from Vogel in the last two years to Darvinham this year is who are the five guys that are going to stop teams and get good offensive possessions down the stretch. Because you can shoot 45 40% from three for the game, but if you only shoot 20% in the fourth quarter and, and it was all smoke and mirrors, three, you know, 50% shooting or 45% shooting in the first three quarters, then and you're not a very good three-point shooting team, you just happen to have a good night for a while, that's going to get exposed. And so defensively, as a team concept, they get exposed because they don't get the types of stops that that are needed, and offensively, they waste possessions. And if you if you're the Lakers, I'm going to read some of this off to you. If you're the Lakers, you get 25 from AD, 25 and 13 from AD, 21 and seven from Bron, and 24, six, four from Russell Westbrook. You're supposed to win that game. Mm-hmm. Because the others on the Lakers aren't going to really give you much. And everybody's accepted that. So you've got Austin Reeves giving you 13. And other than that, everybody everybody else is single digits. But if your big guys show up and then Russ shows up off the bench, you got to win that game. I mean, this is a – this is a so the, so they went on the road, right? They won two against San Antonio, who stinks. San Antonio is giving Terrible. Up, like, they're, they're giving Terrible. up over – they're giving up over 120 points a game. I don't think the, the last time somebody gave up 120 points or more a game in a regular season, it's been like the – it's been like the, the, pre, the pre-defensive Knicks era. I think it's been like the 80s, maybe the old nuggets of the 80s that used to score a bundle of points. But, I mean, we're talking about a team. So then last night again – um, what was it <clears throat> last week when they lost to the Suns? They went to the line 35 times. The Suns went to the line five times. They lost by 10. Last night, they went to the line 31 times. The Pacers went to the line 16 times. And they lose. So that just shows you they can't get stops and they're wasting possessions when teams aren't putting them to the line. And that just shows you, I mean, they out rebounded the Pacers. Um, 
you know, their largest lead was 17. The Pacers' only largest lead was five. So uh, there's a lot of problems with this team when it comes to closing games. That hasn't changed. So don't let the two wins against a three or four or five win team that's given up a buck 20 a game uh, uh, fool you. This is the Lakers have a long way to go with every, even when everybody's healthy and on board. I think the Lakers are seven and twelve. Is that what it is? They're seven and twelve. They've got two road wins, and it's only against those back-to-back garbage uh, San Antonio on Friday and Saturday night. That's it. Two road wins, and they blow this one at home. Um, you can't lose these games at home. I don't care. I don't care if you're twelve and seven. You lose a game like that to the Pacers at home. Yeah, the Pacers are playing good ball. They've got an interesting roster. They even, you know, you thought the Pacers, you were, they were going to kind of be that team that would be looking to trade because they got rid of Sabonis in the offseason. Mm-hmm. It was a big name for them, you know. Um, and, and when you look at that, that when you look at that uh, lineup, they kind of like, yeah, you know, Halliburton at the point had a great game last night. Ben um, Matherin has been unbelievable. I don't know where this kid came from. I, I mean, he came from Arizona, but nobody saw him scoring like this. No. And uh, so, yeah, they get a bunch of bench production. They get uh, solid. I mean, look at that balance in that starting lineup. 24, 15, 16, 15, and then nine. So they got four guys in double figures and another guy a point away from double figures. You got one guy, turn, you know, Turner has 13 rebounds. Halliburton has 14 assists. And, yeah, I mean, you know, hey, the Pacers in that Eastern Conference are right in the middle thick of it. It's a real deal, baby. It's a wow. real deal. So I – you can't lose that game. Lakers still should have won that game. You can't lose that game. And so, now they go on. Now it's a it's no fun right now. Now they've got Portland. They're at Milwaukee, at Washington, who's not playing too bad, at Cleveland, who's playing good, at Toronto with Siakam back, who plays great defense. They held Cleveland to 88 last night, at Philly. And then finally they get a break uh, at Detroit to end that big road, road test coming up. But if they can't yeah. – How many games is that? Six or five? So they've got Portland at home Wednesday, and then they go one, two, three, four, five, six straight on the road in the East. The only the only team that gives them a breather is Detroit, who beat them, I think. Or no, they beat Detroit. That's one of their wins. Right. So they've got Detroit, who's only the only other team giving up almost as many points as San Antonio. And that, but that, uh, but, but between that, it's Milwaukee, Washington, Cleveland, Toronto, Philly, and then they one come home five. after Detroit. They come home to Boston. Denver, right back to you know, and so it is not a fun, that December schedule isn't fun. They've got Phoenix at Phoenix again on that schedule. Sacramento at Sacramento, who's playing good on that schedule. At Dallas on Christmas, at Miami, at Atlanta before the end of the year. You so, got us. You got us again tomorrow. Brown peace. and Lawhead, Miter ten ninety ESPN as usual, y'all. Peace. Peace.